Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. And this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. And on this podcast, we are minus one today. But gentlemen, would you introduce yourselves? How's it going, guys? Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director. And this is Rob Spikes, your pastor of discipleship. All right. Kevin had something to do today. And so it's just us three. And we are returning to this series that we're doing, Five Lies That Christian Parents Believe. Number one was my kid's salvation is basically a flip of the coin, mm. right? That can really um, damage Christians, uh, parents' lives, their families, and uh, it can lead to uh, some bad things with their kids. So we want to reject that lie and we want to believe the truth, okay? Lie number two, brace yourself. Uh Here it comes. Here it comes, hot topic. Education is an open-handed issue. Mm. Education is an open-handed handed issue. Now, what is usually meant by this is that it doesn't really matter what kind of school your kids go to. People will say the Bible doesn't really mention schools, so that's up to each parent to decide what's best for their kids. And what do I mean by that? There are Christian schools, There are classical Christian schools, there are private schools, there are public schools, there are home schools, there are universities, there are private colleges. Have I I missed any, Rob? Yeah, I think you've captured most of them. All right. Yeah. And these are all kind of equal, and it's up to, they're kind of neutral, and it's up to the Christian parent to decide um, what is best for their children. Mm. Well... I think that is a lie that Christian parents believe because it was a lie that I once believed, all right? And I have met many parents who still think the same way that I used to think and still think that education and what type of school your kid goes to is a neutral issue, all right? Now, Again, why why am I adding this to the top five lies that Christian parents believe? Because I believe this is a lie that has led to many Christian parents watching their kids walk away from the faith. Mm. This has been a a major contributor to their children no longer following Jesus, no longer going to church. Um, Now, what is that? That usually looks like them... Those children embracing some kind of form of humanism. So what I mean by that is they kind of keep the morality of their parents, but they reject the God that gave that morality, right? So they just go, oh, I'm going to be a good person, and we don't have to be a Christian to be a good person, and I'm just going to accept everybody as they are, and I don't need to go to church to have a relationship with, with, with God if he's out there. And it's just kind of a form of humanism, all right? Now, I think that much of this And this pain that Christian parents go through can be avoided if parents learn what the Bible says about education and they choose to obey the scriptures rather than just go with the flow of the culture. Mm. Okay? And I also want us to not stand on, um, what's the type of evidence that you just see with your eyes around you? It's just kind of like, 
uh, oh, I know this guy, and you know they oh, anecdotes, an- an- anecdotal, yeah. anecdotal evidence of like, oh, well, I know this guy, and he sent his church, he sent his kid to Satan, a Satanist school, and they got saved in the junior high, you know, whatever. Or this person over here, he sent his, you know, kid to the best Christian school money could buy, and they turned out to be, you know, Marilyn Manson or something, right? Like, that's anecdotal evidence, and we we too often bring it into our life, and we make decisions based on that Mm -hmm. rather than on what scripture says for us, right? Scripture commands us. So what I want to do now, because um, anytime we're talking about education or anything, we need to define our terms because sometimes we get really angry and frustrated and mad because we're not defining our terms. And I'm saying something that you're hearing something else. So if you're listening to this podcast... We're going to define these terms. That's, that's so don't turn it off just yet. Yeah. yeah, if you've already thrown your iPhone across the room because you're mad at what, I, what we said, please pick it back up and put the AirPods back in. Here it is. What is education? Mm. What is education? Rob, would you read that definition for us? Yeah, so here's our definition of education. came out of dictionary.com. It's an act or process of imparting or acquiring general knowledge developing the powers of reasoning and judgment, and generally of preparing oneself or others intellectually for mature life. Okay. That's deep. We're going to have to break that down. (laughs) Okay, first off, I want to go through that. There's three claims there. Yeah. One, and and I'm going to tell you this. This is a dictionary.com definition, and I'm saying this bold statement here. You can't, uh, no one can do any of this without first believing in God. Okay? Okay, now why do you say that? You, you okay, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it up, but this is what okay. I'm saying. This definition of education is impossible unless you do it hmm. in a God-centered way. Okay? Secular definition of education, I'm going to make the claim, it is impossible to do it without reference to God. Okay? So therefore, any secular university, any secular school that claims to do it is actually lying, and they cannot do it, and, and they cannot fulfill it. And this, that's a big, bold claim. <laughs> yes, it is. So here we go. Okay. All right? First statement. The act or process of imparting or acquiring general knowledge. Okay? Here's what I'm going to say. You cannot know, truly, you cannot truly know anything without first having faith in God. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. Now, let me back this up. What, what does Proverbs 1, verse 7 say, Alex? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Here's what the Bible says. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction, okay? Knowledge begins with an awareness of God. Why does the Bible start, in the beginning, God? Does not prove the existence of God, doesn't claim to prove. It starts with God. God is the a priori. uh, It is required to know anything after him, okay? God has to exist. Now, what do I mean by that? You're like, Justin, that's ridiculous. I can know that two plus two equals four. I can know that without reference to God. Actually, I don't think you can. And this is why. Why does two plus two equal four? Now, if I wanted to get your attention, I would say because Jesus is Lord. 
That's why two plus two equals four. But this is what I mean by that. Jesus himself created all things and is himself the organizing principle of the universe. What that means for us, I could, I'm going to, so if you want to get real nerded out, I'm talking about metaphysics, and then I'm going to talk about epistemology, and then eventually I'm going to talk, talk about ethics. Metaphysics, the reality of all things, okay? Jesus is the reality of all things. God is at the center of the universe, and at the, that means at the center of the universe is a person who is the capital T truth. That person is truth, never changes. He's constant, right? God never changes. He is the, God is the foundational reality, listen, for our own rationality. So we have two operating systems. The Christian worldview that says God is at the center. God never changes. Therefore, he makes a world that can be understood, that a, a world that makes sense, a world, he makes people in his image who have rationality that we can trust that rationality, we can trust experiments, right? Because God created a world like that, right? But here's the reality. Humanism says what? At the center of reality is blind chance. That's their foundational claim. The center of reality is blind chance. Somehow, matter, where did that come from? People, are, they argue about, right? Somehow, matter exploded and created life, personhood, okay? If the center organizing principle of evolution and scientific method and all these different things is r random, then why sh can you trust two plus two equals four? Why can you trust your own rationality? How do you prove that you can trust your own rationality? You have to have an a priori belief in your the trustworthiness of your rationality to even use the scientific method. What, what, on what basis? So therefore, what, I, what I'm saying is you have to have faith in your rationality before you can even say two plus two equals four. And you have no foundation for that reality because you don't believe God exists. Mm -hmm. God's the unchanging uh, reality of the universe. Mm -hmm. Okay. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. We had to have a creator. He has to be constant. If evolution is true, then why is two, why is two plus two not going to equal five in the future? Mm. Right? Why, how do we know the universe isn't going to change? Right? So, now this is... You, you want to ask something there? <laughs> you want to ask something? I, well, okay. I, I want to push back on this a bit. Right. O only in this, in this way. Yeah. Totally agree with what you're saying here. I get the a priori and and the need to know that there's a ra that God is rational as a result, and we're rational beings. I mean that that's where it all comes from. However, the average individual mm -hmm. can go to school, can get an education, never really consider any of those things. They can get a good. They could they can understand the math the mathematics of these things. They can then get you know they can do that uh, and go on to get their their uh, accounting degree, mm -hmm. and they can do have a good job in in accounting. Um, it will and they've been educated all the way. I mean, I would yes. say I would say they'd say I was educated and I didn't need to know all that business you just said, Justin. Yeah. I so are they have they been educated? Are, are okay. you saying they're not been educated? Well, the Bible would call them a fool. 
The Bible would call them a fool, and the Bible would say they have never learned wisdom. Okay, that's what the Bible would call them, because if the, the one who says there is no God, he is, he is a fool, okay. right? And they, they would be standing on Christian truths without knowing they, they were Correct. doing so, yeah. right? So that's the thing. The Bible says that we suppress the truth, yes. right? Yes. But we have to live as if the truth is real. Mm -hmm. So we have to live as if we are rational and we can trust our rationality, mm -hmm. even though their worldview cannot equ equate for their own trust and faith in their rationality. Okay, so you're saying education has more to do than just simply understanding things with our mind. That's what you seem to be saying to me. Um, yeah, well... I mean, I can get all of the concepts. I can go to school and get all the concepts and feel educated and even prove my education by degrees and by success in life. But you're telling me in the end, I really have not been educated as God has intended. Is this, would this yeah, be a fair way of saying you, you haven't been educated as God has intended. You don't understand the world as it is. God has revealed himself through nature and in mm -hmm. through scripture. Mm -hmm. You can't understand either one of those without understanding his word, mm -hmm. right? And understanding the person of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you can become educated in one sense. But listen, what the, 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 the definition of education is the act or process of imparting or acquiring general knowledge. What I'm saying is you won't have a foundation for that knowledge or a foundation for that uh, without quiet, God. Without God. You won't have mm. a foundation for it. So you're actually living as if Christianity were true while denying denying it is. Okay. The creator. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly mm. it. You're living as if you had a creator who's rational and he's you're made in his image while denying the reality of a Oh okay. Well okay. first okay. off it just sounds like uh, it sounds uh, maybe hurtful to some people because, like, yeah. I got diplomas on the wall. What are you oh, talking yeah. about? Yeah. I'm not a fool. Yeah. Well, that's what Jesus would say you are. So. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Uh, well, okay. maybe, and, and maybe the second, I, and I don't know if you want to go on to the next one, but I think the second part of this d definition may help. It will, but hold on. Okay, I want to okay, go okay. here first because okay. I love the pushback. I love the pushback. I welcome yeah. the pushback because, listen, I've been saying this kind of thing for years and people kind of laugh at me. Two plus two equals four, you moron. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. The world's not changing. Yeah, because you you're even though you're not verbalizing it, you're 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 putting yourself in a Christian world who thinks the universe isn't going to just change tomorrow and now two plus two equals five. All right. And we kind of laugh about it. Um unbelievers, when I say unbelievers have no basis for trusting their own rationality mm -hmm. other than their faith. Like, if there is no God, then there is no capital T truth. Yep. Okay. So that means we could wake up tomorrow in a random universe and two plus two could equal five. But when I've said this, people kind of laugh and shrug it off. Nobody's that stupid. Give me a break. And here we are in 2022 and we have thrown off the wisdom of every generation that has come before us. And now we no longer know what a man and a woman yeah. is. Mm. How is that any different than two plus two equals four? Biology. We've all, we have always known what a man is and what a woman is. Okay? Now, how did we get here? How, how all of a sudden now we walk down the street and we're supposed to say, oh, I don't know what that person is. How did we get here? Because our educational system has taught as if God did not matter when dealing with facts. And now all of a sudden we have facts that are up for debate. So now all of a sudden, male and female is no longer a fact. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What? Now, here's what we realize. We're coming to realize <laughs> that without God, there really are no facts. Okay, He's, so what do we say to the person that's a Christian that agrees that 
a, with a, a male and a female, mm-hmm. but doesn't agree with you on the education piece. But they're also Christian. They they have the knowledge of God. They yeah. they they have the fear of well, God. We're getting there. Okay, we're getting there. All, right. all I'm saying, all, this is all I want to see. This is a philosophical, theological, biblical. If you want to educate your child biblically, it has to start with God. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's the foundational reality for all facts, yeah. for knowing anything about anything. Okay. So I see, I think now I know where you're going, because what you're saying here on this first point is, is that for, the, for many people, they would say, oh, Justin, you're just getting all philosophical on me. I can't get that deep. Two plus two does equal four. I can get my accounting degree. I can be a good, successful uh, CPA. But what you're now saying is, is that we can't even rest in that because we are now discovering, because we've detached uh, education from God, we are now in a place where we are having these ridiculous conversations of, are, is, this a, is this person a woman or is this person a man? And so you're saying, hey, this is just the beginning of many other questions, questionable facts. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you now. 100%. All right, not only that, so let's keep moving, but the dictionary uh, definition says that education is, quote, developing the powers of reasoning and judgment. Now, again, this is impossible without reference to God, okay? The powers of reasoning. We're talking about the laws of logic. Do you know that most humanists and most People that, that you could call, they believe just that the material world that all, is all there is. There is no heaven. There is just stuff, just facts, right? One of the best debates I heard on this was the, the Christian started out with this atheist and he was saying, hey, listen, we're going we're gonna to do this rationally and non-emotionally. And do you agree with the laws of logic? And he's like, yes, we're going to follow the laws of logic and rationality. You believe in those laws? Yes. And then he went on and the, the, guy, the atheist was describing how he believed only what he could see, only what could be proven under a microscope, only what the scientific method could discover. And the, the Christian pushed back and, and basically said, I don't think you really believe that. And he said, there's, there's things that you cannot see under the laws of, uh, under, under a microscope that you believe in. And he's like, name one. He said, the laws of logic. The place just erupted, right? Because if you believe only in humanism, if you believe only in what you can see and what you can't see the laws of logic, you can't measure the laws of logic. You can't put that under a microscope. That's something that's there because God is logical, right? God is rational. Hmm. So if there is no God, you cannot prove to me why any of us can trust our ability to reason. We might be in the matrix, We might be plugged into the matrix. I don't know, right? And in order, here it is, in order to judge anything, there must be a universal standard in order to compare it with, to to measure it up against, right? Now, our humanistic schools teach that morality and ethics are subjective. Okay, you could say our epistemology is subjective and then our ethics are completely subjective or situational. What's right for you is not right for me. That's your truth. That's not my truth. Okay? So by definition, that means there is no universal standard. That makes the educational goals of developing reasoning and judgment impossible. How, how can I develop the ability to reason when I can't trust my own reason because I have no standard? I, I don't even believe in the laws of logic because I don't have a, 
at the center of the universe isn't something that's logical. It's something that's random and illogical. And how can I judge? How can I judge when what's right for you is not right for me? And what's, there is no capital T truth, right? Do you see how this is it literally, so the purpose of education is to be able to teach people how to reason and how to make proper judgments on what's true and false, good and bad, right? Beautiful and ugly, but the world has no standard. We are the only one who has the standard and that's God. Yeah. In his word, he's revealed to us what is good, what is true, what is bad, what is ugly, what is right, what is wrong, right? Mm. Okay. Okay, you so push back on that. Well, well <laughs> I I'm going to. I think I, I when I get to this part, I can see how education is necessary. You have to have a biblical understanding or, or a, a, a worldview that that God is the Creator when it comes particularly to this. So I'm going to go back to my CPA. So he's got his facts. He's done do, doing his numbers. He's gone through school. He's got his accounting degree. He's got a good job, and uh, and he he was never educated in a sense of you know. Don't, doesn't know about God, doesn't matter because I'm doing well for myself. This is the point where I could see is that, yeah, and he could be a moral individual as well. And moral sure. in the sense yeah. of just generally what our, you know, what, what we say is moral in our, in our culture. Well, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, not, not specific grace, but general, yeah. re- general yeah. revelation common and, grace, and common grace. Common, and common grace, grace in his life. He's 100%. a pretty decent guy. He dies. He has the knowledge of God written on his heart in one sense, like, yeah. right? Yeah, and yeah. So he yeah, just yeah. knows so, I'm going to be moral. Right, right. So he lives out in a sense the Ten Commandments in, in, that, in that way that's, that's upon, upon his heart. But he dies. Mm-hmm. And he dies without God. Mm-hmm. Well, he, what, he, he, did not have, he did not develop the powers of reasoning and judgment for an eternity. Yeah. And so the, I, I can see that even there then, okay, yeah. To take a, a step, one step back or two steps back and say, why is the world this way? Right. Why am I rational? Why am I moral? Right. Monkeys don't care. They rip each other's faces off. They don't love. Right. Like, I, wh- why am I this way? God, yeah. right? Right. God, you're made in the image of God, right? So, so in a sense, because he never took a step back and did that, he's a fool. Right, mm-hmm. and so he never gained. He never really was educated. Mm-hmm. He never got wisdom. Right, right, and all you're getting get wisdom, Solomon says. Right. Yeah. So I'm I'm just trying to uh, as I'm trying to think this through a little bit. I'm I'm trying to figure out how does this fit with the per- person who is in one sense does have the doctorates, does have the PhDs. They are well educated from a perspective of this world and are moral individuals. Could they say, "Oh no, I don't need a Christ- I didn't know, need to know about God to have all these things." But in the end, we discover that if you do not take into account eternity, mm-hmm. you are a fool. Yeah, and you do not have the good reasoning powers and good judgment to use your life in such a way that would be. I would say not only a fool, but an ungrateful fool. Sure. So we are responsible to God mm-hmm. to give him praise and to give him worship because everything, we're breathing his air, yeah. right? We're, we're living off of him right now. He's holding us together and he gave us our sight. He gives us our family. Like we owe God worship because of that. So I'm not just a fool. I'm an ungrateful fool. And I, you could go on because I've looked at the skies that declare the handiwork of God and I've shrugged it off and said, oh, yeah. neat, gases. You know, yeah. like that's what a fool, that's what a fool would do. So the question is, I, I feel like is, uh, now that we know this is so important, like why is it that the Christian has not continued to fight 
oh, to keep this? Yeah, that's a good question. But I'm not done. Okay, oh, wait, there's I more. I got one more. Oh, so more. The, lastly, the definition <laughs> of education says, quote, it is meant to prepare oneself intellectually or prepare a person intellectually for mature life. Okay? Prepare oneself intellectually for mature life or prepare a student intellectually for mature life. This sounds like the goal of education is wisdom. Mature life, right? Yep. The goal for education is to develop wise people. Well, what does the Bible say about that? Well, Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Okay. So we already had the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and now Solomon says the fear of the Lord is also the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So the Bible tells us that we cannot know anything without reference to God. Truly, truly know anything. I have a reason for knowing things. And it tells us that we cannot become a wise person without beginning first with the fear of the Lord. All right? Now, what is wisdom? Wisdom is the ability to understand who God is, how we made the world, and then to apply that knowledge to the real stuff of life. Right? To live wisely is to live life with the grain of the universe. Like, God created the world in a certain way. We have to figure that out and live within the grain of it. And we have to realize that this is the world that Jesus died for. And we have to understand that he has a redemptive purpose for the world and live in line with that redemptive purpose as well. Okay? So, if the goal of education is wisdom, you cannot be wise without God. You cannot be wise without reference to God. So, the statement I'm, I'm saying is, you cannot educate your children without doing it in a Christian way. Mm. So what I'm saying is education is not neutral. It has never been neutral. If you believed education was neutral, that you send your kid off to the public school and all he got there was facts, you're wrong. Mm. He doesn't just get facts over there. He gets values. He gets lies about the world. He gets lies about God. He gets lies about himself. He gets lies about God's creation, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and I and going back even to your your statement there, really, ultimately, he's not even giving getting facts if God is not part of the equation. Because again, it goes back to now. I I, I know my kindergartners not. We're yeah. not going to be teaching our kindergarten yeah. these these philosophical you know truths or whatever. Yeah. But in the end, it is starting there. Uh, that there is no facts yeah. apart from God. Yeah, there's no f no foundation for yeah. those facts to rest on without God. There you go. Yeah, because yeah. if it's random, it just falls through. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> Good. So here's here's what we're saying: education is not neutral. And I, here I'm gonna make another claim: education is actually a subset of discipleship. So when parents are commanded to disciple their children, that is a command to educate them in a Christ-centered, God-centered, Christian way, okay? Educa education is a subset of discipleship. Rob, you want to read Ephesians 6, 4? Yeah, it <clears throat> says, uh, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Okay, in the training mm -hmm. and instruction. Now, the ESV translate the Greek word padeia as training. But the patristic Greek lexicon translated, translates it as training, teaching, or hmm. education. Hmm. Education. 
All right. So the Greek lexicon says that word is also used as education. So what I don't know what we think when we hear bring up bring up your children in the training of the Lord, but a, somehow we have a disconnect between training and education. I think we compartmentalize the two. I think what we say is, oh, that's that's talking about spiritual things. We're not talking about math. Yeah. <laughs> Or science or whatever. Yeah. I think that's Math is an amazing opportunity to worship God. Yeah, right. Why do these complex problems yeah. always come out with the same answer? Yeah. Why is the world built this way? Because God is our creator and he's rational and he's organized and he's built laws into things. Math should bring about worship. It doesn't in me though, because I'm terrible at it. All right. But if you did, it should. Okay. So listen up, dads. Here's what Paul is saying to the Ephesian fathers and to us by extension. Fathers, provide your children with a Christian education. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but provide them with a Christian education. That's what he's saying. I'll say it again. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the education and instruction of the Lord. Now, this you cannot do this. You cannot give this to a Sunday school teacher and think that they're going to do this one hour a week on Sunday. Mm -hmm. This is more than having a quiet time and having a devotion unto the Lord. Everything we're to be educated in, we're to be a wise person. Go look at Proverbs, right? And see how Solomon um, is teaching his, his child there, mm -hmm. right? Now, does this shock you? Does this blow your hair back? Is this is this controversial? Alex, I'm looking at you. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I feel like, uh, of course, when you look at things, it's like everything that you do and see and everything that is that your kids are aware of, you should be able to, you know, walk it out where God is in it. You know, and I think for a lot of people, they only is like, oh, God's in just going to church or God's just in youth group or God's just in... You know, my kids going to Sacred City, um, kids, you know, but no, God's everywhere in, in everything. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think it, I would say it's controversial in that there, you know, as I think about my own situation and, you know, growing up with my parents, my, my, my dad was a public school educator and I went to public school all the way through. And I think that, that the way that they viewed public school was that they viewed it much not much like what I think most people think of, and that is that, oh, these are just facts being communicated. Um, and they, their, their antennas were up for any kind of weirdness, you know, in the, in the public school system. And they would, you know, I could see them pushing back yep, on yep. that. But generally, and particularly in the day that I went, went through public education, there wasn't, we were still kind of pre some of this uh, postmodernism. We were, yeah. you know, we were, we were pre that, but... You know, so let me push back up. Let me not yeah, yeah, push yeah. back. Let me expand on what you just said there. Yeah. So, if you're 40 or older, you went to school when the majority of people were living on the capital of Christianity. Yes, that's correct. So Christianity had created a moral standard in society that was generally accepted, and therefore the first step away from that, you could reject God. I don't really need God because guess what? My so metaphysics, I can reject God. Metaphysics leads to epistemology. How do I know what's true? I don't need God to know what's true. We just know truth. This is dumb. This is true. And then our epistemology leads to our ethics. Oh, this, this is how we're going to live. Basically, Christian ethics. Yep. 
well, we disconnected from God and we thought we could keep, oh, we're all going to keep truth and then we're all going to keep our morals. And then, but no, that's not what humanism does. Mm -hmm. If you reject God, you're handed over now to Satan. You're handed over to foolishness. And so now... 40 years later, we've lost epistemology. We no longer have a shared truth. We don't even believe there is such a thing as shared yeah. truth, and therefore, right. we don't have the shared ethics. Right. And so the public school system is teaching your children a demonic worldview, So a what demonic if- worldview. Mm-hmm. You cannot know truth. There are no universal standards. There are no ethics. So what if the teachers have a gospel-centered worldview and students and they're they're going into these areas, and they're they're able to point things out, walk things out with their parents. Like, so what do we say to that? Teachers matter. Teachers matter. And if they're if you're a, a Christian and you're in a school and you feel called by God to do that, then praise God for you. And you're mm. a missionary there. And mm. a teacher is a missionary there. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, what was the second question about the students? Like, say they say they have a. Uh, you're in a war zone. Mm-hmm. And have you been to basic training? Have you, do you know, do you have a Christian worldview? Have you been taught the scriptures? Mm-hmm. Do you have steel in your spine? Do you know what we're talking about here? Do you know what mm-hmm. the Bible says about facts and the Bible says about all these different subjects? Mm-hmm. Are you studious and you're working hard to combat your teachers and push back these godless ideologies and you can actually identify them when you hear them taught? Yeah. Have you been to boot camp? Mm-hmm. Have you been to sniper school? Mm-hmm. Because I, I wouldn't send anybody to a battlefield that hasn't been to boot camp. Mm-hmm. And if their parents have not trained them adequately in these areas, then the parents are 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 fool are fool are acting foolishly and they're handing and their their kids walking into a battlefield and they're just going to be either hunkered down in a bunker trying not to die mm-hmm. right and lose their faith or they're going to be riddled full of bullets mm-hmm. and they're they're going to come out the other side not believing the gospel mm-hmm. so it's that it's that dangerous mm-hmm. right it's that that intense now so we made that we made that statement parents should provide their children with a christian education from the new testament Right from Paul's command to the fathers, it kind of shocks us. But for the person steeped in the Old Testament, it should not be a shock. No. God commands His people to educate and disciple their kids diligently in His words and commandments. And one of the most important passages in the Old Testament. Can you read that for us, Rob? In yeah. Deuteronomy six four yeah. through nine. Yeah. So this is the subset of under uh, of discipleship. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So he, God God's gave them a specific uh, pedagogy. This is how I want you to disciple your children. This is what education is meant to look like to you. You are to love God first. Again, what does it begin with? God, right? Love God. All education begins with, do you love God? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you're in the house, and when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. He's saying, my words should be on your tongue all the time. When you're talking about chemistry, when you're talking about laws, when you're talking about math, when you're talking about biology, when economics. you're talking economics, yeah. when you're talking about ed- entertainment, when you're talking about art, yeah. my commandments should be on your, on your mouth always. Why? Because he is the universal standard. 
He is truth, capital T. He is beauty, capital B. He is goodness, capital G. And you can't know what's good, true, or beautiful without knowing God. Yeah. All right? So again, I'm going to quote Doug Wilson here about this passage. We must notice that the greatest commandment is given to us in the context of a passage on bringing up our children with a Christian education. Parents are to teach their children the law of God, and they're to do it without ceasing. We see here a lifestyle of teaching the standards of God. Unquote. End quote. Amen. Now, okay, Justin, (laughs) do we have any examples of anybody doing this in the Bible? This this educating from a Christ-centered, biblical worldview all of life. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) The book that you most likely ignore, the book of Proverbs. Now, the book of Proverbs is Solomon. Remember what, what did Solomon ask? When Solomon was anointed king after David, and God came to Solomon and Solomon... Ask anything and I'll give it to you. What did he ask for? Wisdom. 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 <laughs> Remember, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. He asked for wisdom. So God gave him wisdom. And one of the things that Solomon decides to do is he writes a parenting training manual for us and a discipleship education manual for his own son. That's the point. Genesis or Proverbs 1, I'm writing this to my son. Right Now, this is what I want you to think about. When we think about a Christian education, we think, oh, yeah, yeah, we should know that Jesus is the Christ. We should know the way of salvation. We should know the gospel. Okay, okay. That's not all that, Proverbs, that's not all that Solomon did. Solomon talks about laziness. Solomon talks about economics. Solomon talks about when you should plant in the season, right, in the, in, in the uh, planting season and when you should harvest. And it's a fool who doesn't harvest when he's supposed to. And he rolls over in his bed and... Think of all the topics that Solomon teaches his son, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You've got wisdom, you've got marriage, you've got sexuality, you've got worship, you've got work, on and on and on. This is education from, uh, now this is education from a Christian worldview before Christ, yeah. right? Before we have the full revelation of Christ in the flesh, yeah. right? So, so let, let's, let's open up Proverbs chapter one and let's just read those first 10 verses here and just just see what the goal of proverbs is is is. all right so it goes uh, goes this way the proverbs of solomon son of david king of israel to know wisdom and instruction to understand words of insight to receive instruction in wise dealing pause in In wise wise dealing dealing. no no that's really why christians need to know how to deal wisely in the world keep going okay in righteousness justice and equity pause there's a lot of talk in our society right now about justice and equity from people who have no idea what it means. Mm -hmm. By what standard are you claiming justice? Mm -hmm. By what standard do you want equity? Christian says we have the word of God. We know it's equitable. Mm -hmm. We know it's just. God's revealed it to us. Keep reading. To give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. For they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. All right, so there he begins the juxtaposition of 
the wise who fear the Lord and the fool who are sinners. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to entice you, right? And the whole book of Proverbs, there's this juxtaposition between avoid these people, avoid these people, seek wisdom, seek righteousness, seek God, seek goodness, listen to your father and mother, avoid these people. Yeah. Now, I believe when you send your kid to public education, you are sending your kid to be surrounded by fools and sinners. And they are going to be instructed many times by those fools and sinners. And that is very dangerous. That is very dangerous to do. Right? Now. Can I push back? Yeah, yeah, push back. So what about the kids that are at private school? They're not fools and sinners? So... We're all, it depends on how you define sinners, right? And in private school, I don't know what you mean by that, but private school, they could be all sinners. They could be all fools. They could be all sinners because private how, education, how, how Christian would, education, the, the whole thing. Well, no, he I, just said, and just to be clarification here, you said you're being surrounded by sinners, right? With fools and sinners. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're talking about teachers primarily. Yeah. The teachers and administrators are. If they're not believers, well, and I mean the students would and add the to students, it. Yeah, students, and the students would add students to it for well. sure. As well. So, so he, let me let me see here. Well, I say here. that just because you know when you look at private education and stuff like that, there's I'm not saying this is everyone, but people could be like, oh yeah, I got baptized or I got I'm a, I, I'm a part of this church or I do this, I do that, and it, their fruits are far from it, but they just wanted to get the job, <laughs> you know, like for from a teacher's standpoint. But then, same same for students, you know. Yeah, okay. Like, well, first up, you're you're combining you're combining a couple of things. You're you're saying private school, but I think what you're tra- what you're communicating is is a private Christian school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I mean, okay. All the above. Yeah. We in our in our quad cities, we have private schools that are completely godless, and we have, um, you know, different type of Christian schools yeah. and all these different things. Okay. So this is always you're always going to have to teach your child children this: do not be enticed by sinners. Yeah. Right, but there's going to be some schools that are worse than others. For sure, there's going to be some classes that are worse than others. There's going to be some teachers that are worse from others. Right, we have to use again wisdom in in doing that. Right, but if I see this school producing a whole lot of fools and sinners, then I should be very wary of sending my child there. Mm. Right, or a bunch of violent people, or a bunch of chaotic whatever it is. I should be very wary of sending my child there. Okay, so. What I'm not trying to do in this podcast is get down in the nitty gritty and mm-hmm. answer every question, every problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I know that there's going to be questions. I know there's going to be pushback. I know there's going to be problems here. What I want to do is give us three overarching principles for Christian education. I hope I the, the and and then um, this is that's all I want to do right now. Yeah. Okay. And the first one is I'm gonna I'm gonna start with actually three guys because I think I should put I should have put that first. Okay, three principles for Christian education. One, Christian parents are responsible to God for providing their kids with a Christian education. Okay, Christian parents are responsible to God for providing their kids with a Christian education. All right, uh, any pushback on that? That, that? Hopefully, I built that out from everything we just talked about. God, education is a subset of discipleship. You, if to disciple your children, you have to educate them. Hopefully that's a principle we can all agree on. Mm-hmm. Okay? All right. Number two, a Christian education must be God-centered. 
So we've already said this, Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and fools despise, despise wisdom and instruction. So if I am responsible to God to provide a Christian education for my children, that education must be God-centered. By God-centered, I mean everything works its way back to its foundation, which is God. Mm. Right? That we must teach our children that nothing makes sense if God isn't real. Nothing does. No, I'm surprised that you put that in there only in that I just assumed that if it was a Christian education, it would be God-centered. But you seem to be saying, no, there's a possibility that you can say you think you're part of a Christian education, but it's really not okay, God-centered. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. So there are many, and Alex, you kind of brought it up as well. You can take a basically secular model of education. You could take a public school and you could offer a Bible class. And if you have a theology class, now all of a sudden, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, th this is pretty much Christian education because they got a Bible class. Or they have a Bible study that meets before school, right? That is not a Christian education. <clears throat> Every other class still has no reference to God, no basis in reality, no basis in, in truth, right? And so just adding a class on it doesn't do that, doesn't, doesn't do it. So you, you want every single class Every subject, let me say, every subject at its foundations to get back to what is true, what is good, what is beautiful, and that's only God. God, God is the only one that can define that. Okay? Okay. And third, a Christian education must be taught by Christians. A Christian education must be taught by Christians. Jesus says uh, this in Luke chapter 6, verse 40. Rob, would you read that? Yeah, the students is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Whoa. <laughs> that is a pedagogical reality yeah. right there. Do you hear that? The goal of education, listen to what Jesus says. Everyone who is fully trained, there's that word again, fully trained, fully educated, will be like their what? Teacher. Teacher. So if I have a godless atheist educating my child, my child if he's fully educated in under that person is more likely to be ed, to become like that teacher. Yeah. Now that means if my teacher is gay, if my teacher is transgender, if my teacher is a Buddhist, a humanist, part of edu education itself, education is a subset of discipleship. Jesus says the goal of education is to become like your teacher. So if I have, so this is the redemptive piece of being in a public school. If my teacher is a Christian, my teacher can do a lot of heavy lifting and can, and can impute her Christian morality or his Christian morality into those subjects. And he can take that secular worldview and he can Christianize it and deliver it to people. And that can have a Christianizing influence on the students, right? So there is a redemptive reality that Christian teachers can do really good work in the public school setting, mm -hmm. all right? Mm -hmm. But the reverse is also true. If we have godless, secular, humanist, pagan, I don't even, whatever term you want to put up there, teachers, them teaching, they are teaching your students to become more like them. Mm -hmm. This is why... When Ron DeSantis has just said, you can't talk about sexuality like below the grade, like third grade, people freaked out. Teachers freaked out. Why? Because these 
homosexual, queer, transgender teachers are there to change your students and to get affirmation of their own identity from your students. They want to share their queerness and they want to hear the, the students say, oh, we love you anyways, and have that affirmation. Why? Because their identity is so weak because it's not based in reality. Mm. There is no foundation for their identity. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it's, it doesn't uh, correspond with God's revelation. And so we should be concerned about our parents, te- our, 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 our kids' teachers. We should be very concerned about it and we should be aware of them. All right. So, and this podcast, that's all I'm saying. Three things, three principles. One, Christian parents are responsible for providing their kids with a Christian education. You're responsible to God. You'll be judged by God for that. Two, Christian education must be God centered. Everything comes back to God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Three, Christian education must be taught by Christians. The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who's fully trained would be like their teacher. So that would answer your question. What about these schools that are kind of Christian and they that, that teacher is not even a Christian? Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. That's a major problem. That's why if you if I ran a Christian school, I would I would be very um, upfront. I would make sure they affirm the infallibility of the scriptures, the divine inspiration of the word of God, that they were active in a church and I knew who their pastor was, that they taught, they believed in creation and God is our creator. They believed in biblical ethics. Yeah, I, I would, I, because the teachers matter. So this is such great information, but the schools are so rare. It seems like that's why a lot of people are going to homeschool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest. The only teachers I can trust is me and my wife. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that is one of the reasons, 100%. Mm. That's one of the reasons. Mm. But I'm so happy that parents are taking that responsibility and saying, this isn't, you know, this isn't open-handed. God's commanded me to educate my children in a Christian way, and it's not going to be done in the public school, and I don't know if it can be done over here, or we can't afford it over here, and so I've got to do it. So what does it mean? It means the man's going to have to make more money, and the man's going to have to work hard. It means they might have to move and get a smaller house. They might have to sell the car and only have one. they got to make major sacrifices in order to the mom or or whoever it is, mom probably, to stay home and to educate the child. Mm. But this is the deal. It is a Christian duty of parents to raise your children in the fear and admission or the training and education of the Lord. So question, I think I was going back to my uh, question from before. Why does it seem like the Christians have retreated from being missional to the schools to, so that this stays in place? Well, we'd have to go back many years mm-hmm. when this, and th- and this, this rot was slow. Now it's been predicted for decades. People mm-hmm. have been predicting it for decades and now it's here. It's mm-hmm. clear. Um, I just saw a, I just saw a brief statistic that SAT scores were the lowest in like 40 years. Yeah, I saw that too. You know. Um, it's here. Like the schools have failed us. <clears throat> it was slow, right? It was slow. Atheists got involved and took prayer out of the school, took God to the pledge of allegiance out on and on and on and on. Like it's been a slow, it's been a slow change, but now it's now t- it's the Titanic. Now the Titanic is going down, and I don't think I don't think anything can save it. Like because there's only two worldviews: Christ or chaos, and they chose chaos, right? 
And so this is coming down from the government. This is coming down from the Department of Education and up above. We want chaos. Mm. So Christians from the bottom up. I mean, this is why you see all these videos right now of, of parent-teacher conferences and, and these uh, board uh, school board meetings. Mm. And they're like, you're, tr you're bringing in uh, cross-dressing men to, to read to our students at library time? You thought that was good? Yeah. Then a man with fake breasts and, and wearing a bra and shaking his butt reading. You thought this was good to bring into our school. Like they're really legitimately doing that. Mm. I can't even remember that. What's the word for that type of person? Transgender. No, it's not transgender. Oh. It's, it's the, oh, um, come on. The male who dresses like <laughs> yes, a, I, know. I can't guys, this is so bad. It's not, it is a crossdresser, <laughs> but it's called something else. Um, something story hour. It's called something story hour. Well, I can't remember. You guys, I guess you guys we haven't been. You got, yeah, we've been talking for for a while here, so yeah, I definitely haven't been. But why is this happening? Because we yeah. are disconnected mm -hmm. from reality. Mm -hmm. We've chosen chaos. Okay, so I believe God can change anything. I believe God can renew and restore all things. He's going to. He's going to. But when I look at most public schools, not everyone, most public schools, I think they're beyond mm -hmm. right now. And it's going to take what Christians have done in the centuries before, and that is starting new schools. When we move to the United States, we're the ones that started the schools. We're the ones that started the, count, the, the colleges and the universities. Christians, everywhere the gospel has went, we have started schools because we believe God, Jesus, is the divine logos, the mm. word. And so everyone needs to read. Everyone needs to be educated. Yeah. Christians have brought that principle. And we even brought the universality of education and wanting everyone to get an education. Christians came up with that idea. It wasn't the pagans. It wasn't the humanists. Christians did. So I think we're going to have to go back to our roots and we're going to have to start, keep starting more schools. And I guess step one, step one, before we do that, step one, educate your child. Mm. Do whatever you got to do to educate your child in the way of the Lord, right? In Christian education. So we, we foresee that there will be some pushback. We foresee that there'll be some questions, lots of practical things to get worked out. Um, and we want those questions because that will help me refine this. I, I'm wanting to turn this even into a paper eventually. Uh, so you can see it uh, writ large in front of you and you can deal with it on a page. Uh, so I, I, I welcome any pushback. I welcome any questions and I, I ask you to do that. So um, again, we're not saying this because we want to heap condemnation on you, but we want to show you what the Bible teaches. We want to prevent problems down the road. We want your children to love and worship Jesus. And again, we think this is a lie that many Christians believe and we want to debunk that lie and replace it with the truth. All right? So we love you. We're praying for you. God bless you.